Welcome to Innovation Friday. This is where your startup journey begins. We talk about entrepreneurship and things that are interesting for early stage founders, like rock bottom and most rewarding moments. Hello and welcome to another episode from Innovation Friday podcast. Liz Madaraj from Budapest, Hungary is our guest today. She is finishing her PhD in biochemical engineering and is one of the co-founders of Polyloop. Their mission is to provide an eco-friendly and scalable answer to the plastic problem so that our environment doesn't have to suffer. Welcome, Liz. Hi, Adrian. Thank you for having me. Sure. In Budapest, one can jump on a beautiful Danube trip. Let's assume we met on such a cruise trip. How would you introduce yourself? I would introduce myself as someone who is a huge fan of Budapest and a huge fan of our environment as well. And I would probably start talking to you about uh, how clean or unclean the Danube is if you wouldn't stop me. So how clean or unclean is Danube? I wouldn't stop you. <laughs> Actually, there was a study that the Danube is one of the most polluted rivers in Europe and it's filled with plastics. And, so it's uh, very it. unclean. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unclean. I mean, it's better than, than some other rivers in different parts of the world, which is, it, it's kind of sad, actually quite sad. But, but yeah, e even our rivers here in Europe are not clean or not as clean as they might seem. Okay. Are there any efforts to clean the Danube that you're aware of? There are some efforts, but we don't clean everything. For example, we don't clean microplastics out of our water systems because we don't have scaled systems in place for that, and as far as I know. As I mentioned at the beginning, a co-founder of Polyloop, where you want to solve this plastic problem. Two yeah. questions. How did you come up with this idea? And how does your approach look like? Well, as I mentioned on our boat trip in Budapest, I'm a huge fan of nature and I, I just saw that everything is getting worse and worse. And, and the plastic issue was something very tangible. And I, I felt that we can do something about it and we should. So I decided to use my, my scientific background to study bacteria that could potentially help us in combating this issue. And I, I teamed up with my good friend and co-founder, Christina, who has a chemical engineering background. And uh, she really, really complimented what I was lacking on the, the polymer side of the plastics. And together we spent countless hours working on this issue, but it was worth it. Maybe for our listeners that are not familiar with plastic, why is it so hard to decompose? Why doesn't it just vanish like paper? And what's this polymer? It, because plastics were made to last. When we designed plastics as humanity, we wanted them to last forever. We were very, very short-sighted. And <laughs> even now we use these materials that last practically forever for disposable packaging. And we act surprised when we see that our, our water systems are, are, are filled with plastic waste and our ecosystems are collapsing because animals are eating it. And the polymer 
is it's it's what plastic is it's it's a huge huge molecule and in the case of plastic there is no natural bacteria or fungus or any type of microorganism that can degrade it like in the case of, of paper or in the case of leaves in the fall because those are also polymers but nature knows them so nature can take care of them not in the case of plastics because we were the ones who made them mm -hmm. i see and with polyloop you and christina you developed or found a bacteria that is able to deal with plastic is that right we developed a bacterial cocktail it's not just one bacteria that eats it that would be impossible to ask this from one little guy even the, in the case of natural materials more bacteria and fungi work together to break down these things and in our case as well we have a bacterial cocktail that can do it and it can break down all the plastic types use them in the packaging industry right now on your website i've seen that you have a degradation process which completely eliminates half of a Coke bottle within 49 days. How is that possible? It doesn't, uh, mm -hmm. it, it elimin eliminates the entire Coke bottle in, in uh, 49 or 50 oh, days. Okay. It's, it's through metabolism. The same way you or I can, can eliminate a sandwich in five or so minutes. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 the same, it's the same principle. We can degrade the sandwich and we can utilize the components of the sandwich to have energy. And our bacteria do the same thing, but they do it for plastics. Okay. And what I was thinking about, if there is a threat for our existing materials, for example, how can this bacteria or your bacteria cocktail differentiate between plastic that is made for recycling and plastic that we still need? I mean, if I leave home for a holiday and come back after five or six weeks, I don't, do not want to discover that all my plastic objects have vanished. Uh, is there a threat for that or is, is that the... Uh, no. <laughs> no, the same way you don't, I assume you don't have a recycling facility in your backyard, you also wouldn't have a plastic degradation plant in your backyard. It would be collected and taken to a proper facility where it can be taken care of properly so that we can avoid littering our Danube more and more. So you don't have to worry about this unless you just break into our facility, steal our bacteria, and then spray your entire house with it. But then, <laughs> then we would have bigger issues, I think. Okay. And that sounds that sounds relaxing at, at first. And this bacteria or your bacteria cocktail that you mentioned, you you found it where in the Danube? No, 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 no. It it has nothing to do with the with the Danube. We developed these through many many experiments. Like we made hundreds upon hundreds of experiments to get to this point, to this cocktail. I cannot divulge mm -hmm. how we got here because that is part of our know-how. Okay. And what was the most thing that you were struggling about during this development process? Well, it wasn't the development process itself because we're both scientists. We're women from hard <laughs> scientist <laughs> background. It was more on the, the company formation side, like how do you make this into a company? Because 
if you want to save the world, you sort of have to make a company out of it. You have to build it up to a scale in which it has impact. And we had a lot of issues on, on the company formation side and on the business side because it was just something we were at that time not good at. Since then, I've educated myself in that regard as well, but I had to, had to learn uh, from my own mistakes. Which was the biggest mistake that you made? Trusting uh, <laughs> people too much, too easily. Okay. Can you elaborate on that? Maybe so that the listeners know the pitfalls and that they can protect themselves mm. against such mistakes? Yeah, I, I can say that I would recommend that all young entrepreneurs be vigilant because not every person might have their best interest in mind or if even someone has their best interest in mind in the beginning, maybe when they start being more successful and have amazing results or their business is just booming, that same person can show another side of themselves. And, and they, they just have to be vigilant to not, not be overly trusting in, in people who, who approach them with intentions of help. Okay. Does that make sense? For, yes, it makes I sense do? for me. Okay. Yes. And now looking on the, on the bright side, what was the best experience that you had by now? I, I would say two experiences. One is the, the scientific discovery, this, this joy you have as, a, as an engineer and as a scientist when you build something amazing. That is, it's so good. And, and the other good experience was when we got into Techstars and, and we spent uh, weeks with, in the program and we actually had the opportunity to see how companies are made and meet people whose job is to teach you how a company is made. And actually it was then that we realized how many mistakes we've made in the past. So that was, that was a life-changing experience for myself at least. Okay, so two, two additional questions. The first one for our listeners that are not familiar maybe with Techstars, what is Techstars and how hard is it to get to, to be accepted in their program? Oh, uh, Techstars is, uh, is the Ivy League of uh, startup accelerators. And uh, I think that one or two percent of the applicants get accepted. I'm not sure exactly. It's definitely a very low percentage, yes. One or two percent because Mm -hmm. I I think they, in the program we applied to, they had like 2,000 applicants and they accepted 10 companies. So Mm -hmm. it's really an honor and the prestige to be accepted to one of their programs. It is more like 0.5%. So congratulations on that. Yeah. And how was the night or the day when you discovered the bacteria? I assume that was a great experience. And you said, now we go have a oh big party at it. <laughs> how did you <laughs> react to it? It was, it was at first when we, we saw what we felt, it was like, what? No, 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 no. We, no, 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 no. We didn't want to believe our eyes. We were like, no, we have to check this out again and again and again. And I don't know how many times we did the same thing over and over again and then we changed something and still worked like that and we were like what so it it took us like a month to believe that we're doing what we're doing 
Crazy. First, we were like in, in, in disbelief, like, what? And uh, afterwards, when we actually saw this, it was, it was amazing. Okay. And we were faced with like, okay, what do we do next? What do we do now? Was there a time in this process where nothing was going and you thought about quitting maybe and saying, okay, this idea was never going to work and let's move on? Yeah, of course. Sometimes when, when, when you've spent like 12 hours in a lab and then nothing is working and your samples died and you just want to go home or you just want to go out with your friends and live your life and you haven't seen your family for weeks. You really feel like, is this worth it? Why don't I just use my degree to go and work at a pharmaceutical company or, or, or biotech company? But then you always get through it because you, you can feel a sense of purpose in this, in this process. And that really, really pushes you forward that you're working for basically zero pay, long hours, but, but there is this, this something special at the end which gives you a sense of purpose and can push you over these death valleys. Totally understand. And now that you're mentioning values and a sense of purpose, which value is guiding you? We want to be a for good company as well, not just a for profit one. And okay. mm -hmm. we want to have an impact on this issue. We want to make sure that, first of all, that our technology is used well and is used for good purposes. It might sound naive and silly, but we also want to change how people look at our environment and understand how fragile it can be when we start messing stuff up. That's, that's a really hard job because I think I, I've seen a lot of people that say, ah, there will be some smart guys or some smart girls who will find out a solution for us and, and everything's going to be okay once again. It is actually what you did. So at the beginning, they said, okay, we'll be building a product. We're building a compound to last forever. And then we had the problem. And now you, you two came and say, okay, we solved that problem. Maybe people keep on thinking like that, unfortunately. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, it is a solution. But you have to understand the magnitude of the problem as well. You, you don't want the system to get overloaded. And mm -hmm. we've put into the environment, and this is a 2015 estimate, 8.3 billion tons of plastic that's this 27 times the weight of the entire human population it, it, well, it the scale of it is is so huge and we of course we understand that packaging is needed like especially now with with the coronavirus pandemic uh, sales of packaged goods have increased because it's just safer to buy something that is that is packaged. You know that what's inside is safe. And, and if we don't use this type of packaging, I mean, plastic was invented for something, our goods might spoil sooner. But it, but it also has to do with uh, how you deal with it after disposal. So you don't just throw it out into the open environment. It gets collected. After it gets collected, we can deal with it. And just don't put anything toxic into the plastic. That's, that's also one of my messages I would like to get out there. It's like, don't make them so colorful. Don't put anything harmful into the plastics. And, and then we can actually manage to deal with this issue.
what are you mostly scared about about a big plastic monster i know what am i most scared about the big plastic monster i don't know it was just a joke what are you most scared about <laughs> most scared about uh total collapse of the global ecosystems and economies will collapse with it as well and i don't understand why people don't see this that if you if you kill the planet you you kill your precious economy as well so just uh, we we need to get our ash together so that we can actually keep living on this very very gorgeous planet for a very long time thank you what was the hardest decision you had to to make up to this point the hardest decision yes mm, it was not a, not a, a decision because you always make small hard decisions when you give up a lot of your time for some purpose which you deem meaningful but i don't know what the hardest decision was if there was one single hardest decision okay so it was more like over the days uh, every time deciding okay i will go back to the lab i will put in hours i will crunch some hours there in the hope that at the end you will have a solution for solving the plastic problem instead of going out with friends and picnicking and partying in the disco yeah that, do i get that, it like do i get it right yes that that was part of it but also like business decisions which were not easy to make especially if you don't have experience in it so it, it's just a it's it's not one hard decision but it's a matrix of smaller hard decisions that that i feel that i've had to go through mm -hmm. you mentioned that you learned a lot during this experience during this journey of building a company mm -hmm. what was the most important lesson that you've learned that you actually have to assume a leadership position sooner or later if you if you want to build something there's no other way and it's the only way you can actually achieve your goals at least in my case and what characterizes a leadership position what are key features of a leadership position managing stress very well because sometimes things can seem overwhelming like all the decisions you have to make uh, all the changing situations like now that everything is changing because of covid you, you have to be able to manage that that stress and that pressure very very well to not let it consume you you have to be able to look back and, and analyze the situation as rationally as possible so that you can make the best decision and also i think you have to show through your own, own actions and through your own character what what type of of company you are and what your colleagues or your employees should follow so to be sort of like morally right as well the next question is one question that i always ask and it deals with reading which book had the most impact on you which book mm -hmm. It's the Techstars book. This might not be true in the future. It might still be true, but I know that it's true now. It's, it's I, I'm missing the name, but I think it's Do More Faster. And it had some, some core values. 
implemented this as well. The other book which had a very huge influence on me was a very, very long, very heavy microbiology book. Okay, maybe there are listeners that are interested in that. Do you know the name or the authors or maybe the topic that was dealing with? Uh, it's do more faster. Do more I'm, faster. Okay. I think, yeah, by David Cohen. I mm -hmm. think, yeah, David Cohen and Bradfold. Okay, thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to share or to give an advice to young entrepreneurs that maybe are now like you were a couple of years ago, having an idea and just putting up a business? Yeah, don't be don't be scared and don't be scared into complacency. Just go with it. Trust your intuition because it's telling you something for a reason and go with it. Take the chance. It might not work out. Chances are it might not. But when it does work out, it's so amazing and you, you feel that you're building something for yourself and for for your loved ones and and it's it's so different so I, I recommend everyone who has a great idea and who has this spirit of entrepreneurship to just try and don't be afraid of failing thank you very much thank you for being here today unfortunately the time is up i wish you good luck with the company i'm sure that you will be doing good and thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today Thank you so much, Adrian. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Innovation Friday podcast, the place where your startup journey begins. Please let me know how to improve the show. See you next time.